You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. Get our simple seven-step guide to becoming your own banker. It's easy. Head over to sevensteps.ca and learn exactly the learning process required for you to implement this amazing strategy into your financial life. That's sevensteps.ca. Rich, let's have a conversation about being your own bank. Sounds so, good. Yeah. So being, being your own bank, be the bank. And to be your own bank, you have to buy an infinite banking policy so that you can be the bank. Here, here's what comes up for me when I hear that. So one of the things is, is that we, I think, and you and I had this conversation just recently as well, where we talked about educating with clarity and that we can all be better at that. I'm the first person to step up and say, early in my journey as an IBC practitioner, I would sensationalize the message in the sense that I would get really excited about the illustrations. I get super excited about the, uh, you know, accumulating cash values in the policy and place a high degree of emphasis on that. And then having this uh, woodshed moment with Nelson, where Nelson said, here are the reasons why I think that's all simply unnecessary. And he said two things. He said, one, People need to develop a deep understanding that the infinite banking concept has absolutely nothing to do with life insurance. And secondly, the more you see infinite banking concepts, the more you'll see you didn't see. So that was a huge, huge coaching moment. But recently, there's been like the, just this growing trend of social media marketing in North America, where a lot of people who purport to know something about the concept are using this language that I just described to you earlier. Be the bank, um, buy your infinite banking policy, um, you know, insert whatever here, right? Like uh, buy cars and grow rich. And like the list goes on and on and on. And not only are these statements misleading and inaccurate, but they really put the entire practitioner community in a very awkward position. And before you weigh in, I just want to say this. Nelson encouraged us to remember that words matter. Words have significant meaning and that we can easily misclassify things through the use of words. And Nelson didn't encourage people to become an institution. Like be the bank. What does that even mean? Like I, I'm a human being. You want me to become the bank? Like how do I how do I become an institution? He encouraged us to become our own banker, which is one of the four characters in the financial play. And there's obviously, again, catchy marketing, let's market to it. Let's tell people to be the bank and, and beat the bank and hug the bank or whatever it is that the marketing messages are saying. The general public hears the words. And may not necessarily understand the meaning behind what's being said and the fact that it's just inaccurate, plain and simple. 
And so I wrote this article for the upcoming banknotes, um, a newsletter that's distributed and circulated by the Nelson Nash Institute, just to weigh in on this topic, this hot topic, and try to bring some clarity to correctly classifying the language around the infinite banking concept. Yeah, I, I think what comes up for me, obviously, I mean, you and I've had a number of conversations about this. And, uh, you know, hey, I've, like I say, we, we, we've walked a path. And in the path of walking it, you, you, you know what you know at a given time, and you're always expanding and increasing your horizons. Yeah. So in the early days, I'm sure I said some things that were uh, probably not as certainly not as accurate as we really try to focus on making them today. And that had to do with my level of understanding at the time, right. not, not just with the the process, you know, maybe not having enough thorough reads of Nelson's book. Of course you, you go, you meet with Nelson, you talk to Nelson, you, you watch Nelson's DVD, which you can now still do. So those of you who don't, didn't get a chance to talk to Nelson, like you still have an opportunity. There's lots of Nelson available. Oh, and a quick heads up. There's going to be even more of that coming out in the future as you know the nelson nash institute is going to be producing some more ar archive footage of nelson that will be available for the general public which is a huge huge blessing to anyone on planet earth that gets a chance to to have that experience yeah and and so so as we grow and develop we we heighten our own level of understanding and we get clearer and tighter on all those things and so you know i i appreciate how we really take the take the core i think of nelson's message in the way that from our perspective to the to the best of my ability anyway i believe i can channel what nelson taught me right. and move that forward into my clients and and into the advisors that we work with and teach and coach and mentor which is which is not just people with our organization there's there's any advisor who is coachable and actually wants to take this beautiful concept and begin to share and implement that with their clients. We have there's a there's a path recommended to doing that with the Nelson Nash Institute, of course, being the the core of it. But Nelson wrote the book Becoming Your Own Banker. It was published in the year 2000. We're recording this in the summer of 2023, so it's only 20. It's, it's not even a full 23 years of that book being in production and self published. Right. He wrote his second book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. Yep. which the subtitle is a grassroots method of avoiding fractional reserve banking. Think about it. Do you remember when Nelson was telling us about the book? He's yep. like, oh, wait till you see my next book. Uh, get this. The subtitle is Think About, think about It. it. <laughs> he was like, of all the stuff, the thing that he was most excited about was Think About It. And, uh, you know, so I've got, I've got my copy of that book right here. And, and so this book was published in 2012. Yep. So that book isn't even in, it hasn't even completed 11 years in production. So when I think about when we started this and when we came into the information, it was before this book was published Yeah. and the resources that were available at the time was Nelson's book and very little else available, very little online. There wasn't, if there was, we certainly didn't know about it. Anything available on like YouTube, there was no podcast people, you know, the only podcast that existed was like Joe Rogan at that time. And because he was That's like right. the, you know, the, 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 the first guy out of the gate or whatever. So there wasn't the level of accessible information available to the general public. And now because of the volume of accessible information, we also see uh, a lot of the, the these content or word choice related issues being created. 
And the issue is, I think, primarily or for the most part is unintended, unintentional, the law of unintended consequences. Yeah. So when you can continually communicate to your clients, your client base, or the general public in such a way that is misleading, even if it's unintentional, the result of that is people are misled. And that misleading activity, well, eventually it rises to things like regulators, yeah. things like the insurance company. And they start to wonder, oh, well, what's going on? Like, why are, why are you saying these things that, well, that's just not like really accurate. Like we don't have, we don't sell banks here. We have insurance contracts. That's right. And then, and then there begins to be, you know, all it takes is for a couple of clients of one advisor to phone into the life company and says, Hey, yeah, can you, can you help me work with my, you know, my, my, my banking policy or my banking system? And the person on the other end of the line, who's just a, a very nice individual that works for that insurance carrier is like, what the heck is this? Yeah. Take note of it, bring it up to a supervisor, supervisor brings it up to the next level of the chain. And eventually, you know, you're going to have some, some problems that are created. Nelson Newman was aware that in order for us to use the functionality that is already provided by a beautiful system created by insurance companies for the, our own purposes and our own day-to-day life usage, we need to have those organizations effectively on our side is what, what he would have said. Yeah. And the way that you do that is that you play in their sandbox. You you abide by their, their rules and that sort of thing. And that's okay. They're, they're meant to be there for a certain reason. So it's you just have to being, communicate effectively. Yeah. It's it's just being unequivocal. When, when you purchase a dividend paying participating whole life insurance policy, you're buying a financial product from a reputable life insurance company. That is not infinite banking. And so when we take words and put them together, because we want to be very clever in marketing, and we use language like, come and buy your infinite banking policy, or yes, you can absolutely purchase an infinite banking policy. Line up all the life insurance carriers and ask them where we find that. Yeah. Where is that on your product shelf? Where's your marketing material for that that product? So it just opens the door to unnecessary attention that Nelson, again, he, and for those who are watching or listening, who didn't have the joy of knowing this man, he would tell us often, the infinite banking concept is ridiculously simple. It does not need to be sensationalized. And when Nelson said, that people need to develop the understanding that the infinite banking concept has absolutely nothing to do with life insurance. He was crystal clear in the distinction between what a person was buying versus what they are implementing. When you purchase a dividend paying whole life insurance policy, you are the proud owner of a unilateral binding contract. That is what you purchased. What you are implementing is a process And the policy, it just so happens to be one element of the implementation of a process. It is not one in the same. And we are just receiving, uh, because for viewers and listeners, so Richard uh, proudly serves as a uh, practitioner council member with the Nelson Nash Institute. Um, I proudly serve as an advisor to the board. And what we want to do is work really hard for the practitioner community, for the benefit of a growing community, 
by shedding light on this very important issue. We are not standing or sitting here before anybody today to say we're perfect. Hey, we've made mistakes. And to add to what Richard said earlier, we've made mistakes as it related to the process. I think we've always done a really remarkably accurate job of describing the attributes of a product because all that information was readily available and and you know we, we were able to articulate that and communicate that very effectively. But as it relates to the process of becoming your own banker, Nelson was clear and we just and he told us the moment uh, the the message begins to be sensationalized is the moment we can turn something so wonderful into something that could really draw unnecessary attention for all the wrong reasons, because intentional or otherwise. The moment you've got a marketplace conduct, a regulator, somebody stepping up and going, has anybody got the file on infinite banking policies? Can somebody bring us the file on that? I don't recall ever having a discussion around this type of product. What is that exactly? And somebody says, oh, it doesn't exist. So they start calling around to the insurance companies going, do you have one of these? Do you have one of these? Do you have one of these? No, no, no. And then it's not too long before the, God forbid, if it happened, an advisor gets that dreaded phone call to say, Hey, we're just going to go ahead and put your business on hold until we can sort out exactly what you're communicating to the marketplace. So we got to be very, very careful in making sure that we're speaking the truth. We're not telling half truths. We're not trying to mislead people because that misleading can lead to very ill-informed financial decisions. And, and people and the will- The general will, public they, needs to know. The, the clients exactly. need to know because they're the ones that are their own banker. The advisor isn't their banker. The insurance company isn't their banker. They are the banker. Their banker isn't their banker. They're the banker. And and thank you for, again, using the correct words. Banker. Not, not be the bank, beat the bank, become the bank. That's not what you're doing. You are becoming one of four characters in the financial play that Nelson so eloquently described in his book titled Becoming Your Own Banker unlock the infinite banking concept. There's no subtitle that reads buy infinite banking policies. They don't exist. They just, they just don't exist. And so let's just shed a shed light on this issue and, and share with our esteemed colleagues that we can all be better. And we sensationalizing it is so unnecessary. People are drawn to work with the the practitioners now who are just telling the truth. Let people decide for themselves. And we, we don't have to use these catchy marketing phrases to try and convince people that they need to, to go and buy something that doesn't even exist. And yeah, we get it. Anybody who's proficient would say, well, that's not what I mean. Yeah, but the general public doesn't understand that nuance. They don't understand what you're saying. They need to be educated on it. So help them understand the problem so that when you present the solution, they know exactly what to do. Become your own banker and take back control over your financial life. Hey, is this even possible? 
You may be asking, can I even do this? Well, you better believe it. In fact, it's easy to get going. So easy that we've put together a free report, Seven Simple Steps to Becoming Your Own Banker. Download it right now. Go to 7steps.ca. That's 7steps.ca. Now let's get back to the episode. When there's, you know, similar to the aspect you just mentioned, Jason, about, you know, uh, uh, possibilities that exist from the you know carrier perspective. Well, at the beginning of, of this year, there was a large, well-known carrier in the United States who released a internal memo or, well, it wasn't really internal because it, it, it made its way out to basically their their licensed advisory force of which so anyone that's contracted with them as a licensed advisor that's able to connect business with them about the fact that they you know effectively did not support you know i'm going to summarize the the infinite banking concept and and then so you know shoot forward there's all kinds of content now that's been created about advisors who teach or promote or recommend in some way shape or form and however they do that that the concept and all of these clickbait type headlines. I'm like, oh, this company no longer supports the infinite banking concept. Well, 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 the company never supported it to begin with. Right. The company doesn't have a product on their shelf. You're misleading again, just with the clickbait title. Like there is yeah. no support because it's not necessary. The concept <laughs> has nothing to do with the insurance carrier. The insurance carrier sells a whole life product that any consumer can go and find an advisor with two feet in a heartbeat and request that they get them a product, whether it's set up appropriately or is, is up to that person to determine. Yeah. And then they could begin using it as a policy owner in their life as a banker who creates and manages the rules of how they dictate that within their own personal economy, Yeah, which is completely separate of anything to do with the insurance company's realm. This is internal personal economics transactional activity, which has good savings mechanisms in place about paying yourself, paying yourself more than you would a third party because you and your family are worth it. If you're willing to go pay ABC bank a certain amount of money, why on earth wouldn't you pay at least that and a greater amount to your own family because they're worth it and you love them, (laughs) right? Very logical thing to do. Nelson and, always. Nelson the always. Mechanics dis- of the insurance company is just an, it's just completely independent of that. It, it right. no, they're, they're not even connected. Once you take a policy loan, the only the only component is the activity of maybe taking a policy loan and making loan repayments, but those are independent transactional items that are determined and decided and implemented through a process by the policy owner. Yep, and Nelson uh, always referred to a uh, participating dividend-paying whole life insurance contract as the entity. That is the entity. And from that place, you can implement the process of becoming your own banker. But they're in no way connected where the process is somehow connected to the life insurance company. It has nothing to do with life insurance. It's an exercise in logic. It's an exercise in reasoning. It's an exercise in imagination and prophecy. That's it. He didn't say that it was an exercise in anything other than that. 
And when a person really grasps the distinction between a product and a process, it opens your eyes to far more than you ever saw before with the infinite banking concept. Hence why Nelson often said, the more you see infinite banking concepts, the more you'll see you didn't see. And within the life insurance advisor community, what we're seeing is a growing trend of, if I hold myself out there as an infinite banking concept expert, I'm going to sell more life insurance policies. And so I've got to develop this really gimmicky, catchy marketing to get people compelled to do something. When you're acting in the capacity of a life license advisor, you're fulfilling a duty of care to a prospective client to make sure that whatever it is you're planning to sell them, that there's a need for it and that the death benefit has merit. That is part of our internal compliance process. Not a single file goes from interest to application without going through that filter. And there's a reason that we instituted that because we're not beginning to implement a process until we have a policy owner. And to get from interested to policy owner, we have to fulfill that duty of care as a life license advisor. And then once the policy owner has the entity, then it's from that place they can begin to implement a process where all the additional coaching, mentoring, you know, comes into play. And so to preserve our professional standing, speaking to all of our esteemed colleagues who might be viewing and watching this, to preserve our professional standing in the industry and to have those companies on our side, we need to make sure that we are telling the truth and that we are drawing a very clear distinction between a process and a product because otherwise the consequences can be ill-fated. And we do not want to be going down that path because it would, it's far more difficult to try and climb out of that than it would be to make sure we're shining a light on this issue and educating the life carriers on the concept, which we are, as you know, Rich, at the Institute level, we're in active dialogue with companies to say, let us make sure that we help you develop an understanding straight from the source, along with an understanding of the marketplace conduct that we support and the marketplace conduct that we will never support. And speaking of the source, a couple of great locations where people can dig deeper into the source, obviously the, the book, Becoming Your Own Banker, I mean, in the description below, you'll find a link where you can purchase a copy of that book. But uh, we absolutely always recommend that people watch Nelson's documentary film. You can go to yep. nelsonnashfilm.com. That's nelsonnashfilm.com. And then additionally, we have two other incredible resources over and above that that are available for consumers. You can go to learnfromnelson.com. Once you go to learnfromnelson.com, you'll see a list of about 30 videos, which is a an, an archive footage of Nelson where he walks through a training on the book. You can follow along the book with Nelson and go through some Q&A from a group of advisors. Um, it's all transcribed and ready to go. There's a lot of, you know, even like clips of the book is right there in the videos to follow along with. And then additionally, we have a tribute project called Day of Nelson, dayofnelson.com. Yeah. And you can, you can listen in on interviews and additional archive clips of Nelson himself teaching 
interspersed throughout that whole segment where you get to learn and meet with people who actually spend a great deal of time with Nelson talking through this concept, bringing it into their own life, and then learning a way that they could take Nelson's message and share it outwardly into the world. And, uh, you know, beautiful interviews, people sharing really amazing life stories about their experience with the concept and with Nelson directly. And those are learning opportunities that we all have available. You know, in, in Nelson's book, Again, his two, his two books, I, I really want to come back to building your warehouse of wealth because this to me and the title I think Nelson has here was really something he was very proud of because at the end of the day, you need a, you need a place to store your wealth. It's got to reside somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. What better place to have it reside? What he was talking about is the contract, unilaterally binding contract of dividend paying whole life insurance put together, actuarially designed by a quality insurance company. Yeah. That is a warehouse where capital accumulates. Capital not being not being direct money, but cash value as a form of capital. That's right. And your ability to tap into that reservoir isn't you taking your own money and paying interest to your own money or any of those things, other misleading statements that are out there. You're never accessing your money. You are accessing the insurance company's money from the general fund. That is what a policy loan is. It's an asset on the on the books of the insurance company. You co-own that company as a participating owner. So that co-ownership means that, hey, that, that money is put together in a custodial fashion to be looked after for all participating members. So yeah. if Jason and his family are doing business with the company and I'm my, my family, and you know, we've got 10,000 clients out there all doing business with that company, we're all taking loans and we're all putting money back in as loan repayments, that those are source of cash flow and earnings for a company that we all share the profits in. And they have to distribute those profits with us. Yep. A very beautiful and simple system, all administered at no cost to us by the insurance carrier. So he said, we we have the makings of the mechanics of a system that we can then implement the process of utilizing that system at the you and me level. And that's really what Nelson was getting at. And all so accurate. It's just, you know, we emphasize this because we've been sharing this quite a bit lately that quite shocking you know in talking to i talk to advisors all the time and so few understand that cash value isn't actually money and cash value is the uh, the equity in, that's accumulating in the policy that opens the doorway to ready access capital on demand on your terms but cash value itself is not actually money and when nelson said hey you know it's fundamentally true that your money must reside somewhere. Well, when you're paying premium into the insurance company's money pool, the insurance company is putting that capital to work. Your cash value is the net present value of the future payment of a death benefit. And that cash value is a doorway to capital, to real money that you get to deploy and control how you finance all the things that you'll need throughout your lifetime. Which you're going to finance anyway. You're going to do it anyway. Finance everything that you buy. Yeah. And again, 
it's just really understanding what's going on so that you'll know exactly what you need to do. And credit to people for wanting to get the message out there and to get people excited about the concept. Absolutely. Don't ever lose that. Whoever is watching this, viewing this, talking about it, like, don't ever lose that. Get the message out there. But do it in a way that that leaves no room for misinterpretation and leaves no room for the general public being misled to, to believe that, you know, they're, they're purchasing an infinite banking policy or they're getting rich by buying cars or whatever other catchy things that, you know, are being said out there. And this stuff is just being brought up. Like literally I, I get links from people. Hey, take a look at this. Take a look at that. It's like, okay, well, let's take a moment just to address it. Let's reach out, connect with these folks, let them know, give them an opportunity to make the necessary adjustments. And um, hopefully most being the professionals that they are, they, they will. They'll say, oh gosh, you know what? Yeah, good point. Like I do need to adjust that. And I see the, I see the, the, the rationale as to why I need to adjust that. I'll communicate that to our entire team. <laughs> uh, yeah. You brought something else up that I that uh, made me think of this. So a little little plug for Cash Follows a Leader. You can get a copy by going to cashfollows.com. One of the reasons we wrote this book has to do with, to some degree, some, you know, I don't think the intention was that at the time, but I, but I realize now in retrospect that that's fundamentally what's transpired yeah. is to help people understand to the general public, but certainly advisors could could take some heat of this as well, is what actually causes cash value to grow, to accumulate. Right. And it's a very simple thing. We have a death benefit and there's a contract that says the cash has got to grow to equal the death benefit. It's that simple. So people get into all these hot and bothered conversations and the keyboard warriors are out there on the blogs and the forums. And they're just like, everyone's it's like chicken little and the sky is falling and they're losing their minds trying to figure out the rate of return of the policy. And, and how does this grow? And well, what's the guaranteed amount and what's this amount? And like, Oh my God, what a bunch of white noise. Yeah. Death benefit. If well, well done and the policy owner's behavior is creating an augmentation and a constant increase of that death benefit you create a constant increase in accumulating cash value because the cash has got to, it would equal the death benefit. It's just so ridiculously simple. Yeah. None of that other stuff matters whatsoever. And so every time that you increase the death benefit, you're creating an automated guaranteed future increasing outcome of cash value, which has which nothing to do it. with infinite banking. Nothing. It's, it's, it's just how the policy works. <laughs> whatsoever to do with the infinite banking concept. It's an entity. You put money into the company that provided you with the entity. The company is contractually bound to ensure that the cash value equals the total death benefit by age 100 of the life that is insured. No infinite, infinite banking anything is required to own to that, in, that entity. Regaining control of the banking function and reclaiming that from outsiders and becoming your own banker and controlling the process of how you finance the things that you need in life. That is a process, not a product. Never has been, never will be. The best entity to get the job of implementing the process done 
is a dividend-paying participating whole life insurance contract, ideally with a mutual company and ideally a system of policies that you put into place gradually and incrementally over a period of time, respecting the fact that in order to trigger the purchase of that entity, it has to have merit. So there's a duty of care that the advisor has to the prospective client to make sure that the size of that entity is appropriate. Long before any process is even implemented. So we just want to make sure that there's just a crystal clear distinction there so that when you see this content on your social media news feeds all across North America, and you're hearing some of these, some of this language where you're like, mm, I'm not really quite sure that that is that even possible versus I know what the truth is. And I understand the problem. I've developed a reason why I want to implement this process. So I don't lose sight of that while never forgetting what I purchased from somebody. Remember, purchasing something and implementing a process are two completely different things. That's what we really want to shed a light on. And again, can't express it enough to all our esteemed colleagues. We hope that you know, if it much like Rich and I in our journey where we had to course correct along the way, perfection is elusive because the more you see infinite banking concepts, the more you'll see you didn't see. It's ridiculously simple. It doesn't need to be sensationalized. We just hope that this serves as even just a small dose of inspiration to take that sensationalizing out of the equation and watch what happens to the results of your business. They will skyrocket. You want to know who did a great job of uh, not sensationalizing, but education uh, to understand the concept in a simple way, using real world analogies, explaining things at the, at what we would refer to as the you and me level was Nelson Nash. The best way to see how he did that is to watch Nelson's seminar series, which is available through the Nelson Nash Institute. Yeah. To go to learnfromnelson.com to watch the Nelson Nash uh, documentary film. All of those resources will automatically clear up a lot of things because Nelson never needed to do, like he never needed to explain things beyond what was simple. Yeah. And, and it just, it just works. Yeah. You know, when you, you know, how's that expression go? Um, that, uh, if you don't understand, if you don't understand the, uh, the, the 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 problem or what's going on, then the details don't matter. The solution but, just won't matter. But, but if you understand what's going on, well, then the details also don't matter <laughs> because you get it, right? So it doesn't mean that you don't need to have a good meeting with an advisor and confirm important details around what product you're going to get. That, oh, that's of not course. what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But recognizing that you can control the method, the 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 way, the ongoing uh, aspect of how you go about purchasing all the things that you're going to buy in your life, which includes things like your income at retirement and other components of life, all of these accumulated components of like financing business equipment, financing, whatever cars, vehicles, or just purchasing them in general. We say financing because you're making a financing decision, but the reality is you're purchasing something. Yeah. Money's got to go flow from one part to another in a short period of time. That's what the tr banking transactions are all about that the method of you controlling that flow is where the process comes in. So you can 
be your own banker. Nelson taught us how, and he can teach you how. Just go and get this book and you can begin implementing. It doesn't, you don't have to, it's not rocket science because the only thing that's rocket science is rocket science. That's right. That's right. Amen to that. Well, that was fun. And um, yeah, we hope those who watched and uh, listened found it uh, valuable as well. And we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, Rich has got his UFC gloves. So if anybody wants to duke it out with him in the octagon, you're welcome to do that too. But Nelson uh, often shared that, you know, um, the, the concept, the concept isn't meant to be um, shared in terms of knowledge and, and education and awareness through argument. It's just shed a light on the problem so that when you recommend the solution, your prospective client knows exactly what to do. And that's what matters most is what's best for the prospective client. And it's not that it's not about right or wrong. It's just that we think differently. That's all. And Nelson would be doing backflips in his final resting place if he saw some of this content that's out there around how what he worked so hard to develop and pioneer is just being sensationalized. And it, and it simply doesn't need to be. So thank you so much, everybody. And much like we always see on these videos, there's another one that just popped up, part of the recommended playlist. Rich made some great recommendations too on some reading material that would be extremely valuable. And uh, we can include um, links to that where people can get their hands on, on that great reading material. And again, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what insights have come up for you through this conversation that Rich and I shared and uh, what you find good about it and what you find bothersome about it. And we'd love to hear both sides of the argument. Have an awesome uh, rest of your day, Rich. This was absolutely amazing. Real fun. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.